So uh, I guess we should get things going, and you can you can inform me about it. Apparently, uh, here on hey everybody, guess what? It's episode is it fifty? Are we fifty? The big five zero. Oh my gosh, man! Ain't it nifty? We made it to fifty. We're almost as old as Wilfred Brimley was in Cocoon. <laughs> almost here on episode five zero. The Mike Singletary episode. Stay away from us, five zero. Of late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. Howdy. So, you just hit me just before we went hot that uh, you saw a trailer for Swamp Thing. Yeah, I was asking if you saw the Swamp Thing trailer. So it turns out I think we had spoken <clears throat> briefly a, a while back that you thought it was a movie. Yeah, well, I I wasn't sure if it was a animated show or a live action show. It's a live action show, and I, I asked. That, I think oh. that's what it was. I'm I'm glad for that. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't have been particularly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't have been super into the idea of just an animated series. I wonder how it's going to be because <laughs> it was supposed to be thirteen episodes, and then like a week or two ago they dropped it down to ten episodes, like during production. So they had to hurry and scramble and film an episode to wrap it all up. <laughs> that usually doesn't bode well, but we'll see. Uh, I watched the trailer. It's dark. It's like a horror oh, really? movie. Yeah. There's like people wearing pig masks and people stabbing people. It's dark, literally and figuratively. Well, like everything is very dark as well. My uh, my touch, my touchstone on uh, you know on that is the the old movie, and I don't know if uh, you know I, I haven't even seen that forever, so I don't know how accurate of a of a portrayal of Swamp Thing DC Swamp Thing that is. He was very Moss Man, if that. I told you about that in that in that Masters of the Universe crossover thing. There's like uh, there's Moss Man and uh, oh really? Swamp. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. I don't remember. Oh yeah, one of the one of the really cool things about that that Masters of the Universe uh, DC cross it was the Injustice crossover <laughs> that I saw was that there's like a big spread and uh, from what I heard about it, there's a lot of stuff where you know uh, Swamp Thing and Moss Man are hanging out talking about the green, <laughs> which you know was super fun. Earth. All right. Well, I mean, it looks dark, but we'll see. It's on DC, uh, whatever it is. DC. I, I want to say that's DC Unlimited. DC Unlimited. I think that's right. I, um, I saw that they just uh, released a bunch more comics. Like, I don't know if it's every comic, but pretty close to every comic they've ever put out is now available on there to to read. I wonder. If and you want to. I don't know about you, but I'm bouncing back from Fan X a little bit. Yeah, was, uh, I didn't get to make. I've you know been under the weather, didn't make it. Uh, that was but, very thoughtful of you to not go, unlike a lot of other people <laughs> yeah. that did. Let's uh, tell me, tell me about what your Fan X was like, man. It was actually really fun. the The panels I was on were a lot of fun. Pretty positive. It wasn't super packed like like the fall one is. You could move around, which is nice. Like. I get a, I have a hard time when I get down onto the vendor floor, especially on like a Saturday, <laughs> and it's just a standstill. And I'm a big guy. I take up a lot of space, and I try not to like uh, intimidate people there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm trying to like just go with the you flow and squeeze in way. where I can. Yeah, yeah. But it's very frustrating yeah, when, when people just interlock like like puzzle pieces and nobody can move yeah last year when i was there uh walking through the vendor area uh i ran into well not ran into i witnessed uh a group of uh four or five people someone at the front just said we're going in and they just kind of started barreling through people i'm <laughs> like well that's that's polite i under 
I understand it, it, you know, it was vexing at times, but yeah. And then the other thing was somebody I think was dressed as a big daddy from the Bioshock games <laughs> and it was just a big costume and they were taking up almost all of the aisle. And I was just like, man, you gotta, that's right. You gotta take yeah. some of them layers off, buddy. Yeah, I agree that, I mean, those costumes are cool, but if you're going to go on the vendor floor, maybe, maybe you should take it off. Yeah. Maybe walk through the hallways with it, do some pictures with people. That's cool. But man those tight those tight aisles hot corners <laughs> yeah maybe stay stay clear of those how was the cosplay see any anybody in some cool stuff oh uh, yeah there was some cool stuff there was there was four women that were dressed up as the hobbits and they were pretty much dead huh. ringers that's cool that, that was pretty cool but there's i mean there's always a lot of things i have no idea what they are they're like anime <laughs> or there's people yeah. dressed as like furries i don't know what they are i assume they're furries they're like foxes or something i don't know what they are <laughs> i think you know i think you should i think you should uh in a purely plutonic way, cozy up to them and kind of, I think, I think you could benefit from learning more about furry culture. I probably could. I probably could benefit from it, but nonetheless, check out Sonic Fox on Twitter. Sonic Fox. Yeah. yeah. There's a there, bit of trivia, brief uh, pass away. There's a, a dude that goes by the name Sonic Fox. He's big in the fighting game community and he goes to all his tournaments in a, you know, a big, big furry fox suit and wow. he's really good. And he's uh He's a homosexual black gentleman, and like, he catches all kinds of heat. But he's, you know, he's a cool customer. And heat for what? For being black and gay and a oh. furry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought maybe he was like in in people's faces being. I mean, he's also obnoxious or something. I, he's he is really good, and he play. From what I understand, I don't I don't follow it the closest thing in the universe, but from what I understand, he he does play things a little bit, a little bit of bravado, a little bit of heel stuff. But heel. He's also very good. <laughs> Cutting heel promos during cons. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of. You know, he's not he's not uh, full kayfabe or anything, but he. <laughs> I am to understand. I follow him a little bit, and he just talks about fighting games a lot. And he's a little, you know, he's got a little bit of stuff to say about some of the, some of the haters. Mm. But uh, haters yeah. be hating. He he is really good at what he does. All right. He's currently uh, checking out the new Mortal Kombat. Right on. Mortal Good for him. Combat. Mortal Kombat. No, I didn't notice a lot of the uh, costumes and stuff like that. I, I wasn't out on the vendor floor a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's not my favorite part of the con. I, so were you there? I like doing panels and things like that. You there, you, you, you get there kind of later in the evening to kind of hit your No, I get there the pretty panels, early. You get there early and... What do you? What were you spending your time doing? You hit a lot the, of panels. I got there early because my son Brady wanted to be there early. Yeah. Even though my panels were a little bit later, but yeah, I'll just go hit up panels, and, and you know, uh, I've got friends that are on panels, so I'll try and catch theirs. Or if it's an interesting subject that I like, you know, the Doctor Who panels are always good. Harry Potter's are always good. They're always like full crowds, and that brings some energy to it. So those are always fun to catch. But you know, that's pretty much what I do is just try and catch panels. Yeah. So and you know. I like to learn. This <laughs> this is my college. <laughs> so I guess before we get into your stuff, you you see any panels that particularly dazzled you? Uh, Anything unexpected that you popped in on? And it probably the the best two panels I saw were celebrity panels, and I watched the John Cleese panel, which was awesome. Yeah, he dropped about fifteen f bombs. <laughs> I understand. He walked he a few a, people. <laughs> he's surprisingly a big jazz fan. Uh, he was make. I mean, he was making jokes about how ridiculous it was that a team in Utah is named the Jazz. Oh, so he's he's bringing fresh material then. Yeah, 
<laughs> he thought it was fresh. I've never, I've but, never heard anyone talk about that before. Never. <laughs> I mean, wait he's, a minute. He's from England. He didn't talk about how Utah's predominantly white, and we have a team. He based did mention on that. Yeah. A you know, generally there, thought of as you know, blacks created. Yeah. Excuse me, African Americans created jazz music yeah he didn't go into that did he there might have been some mormon references too but i mean very fresh he's never material. been here before that's the way it is and this, whatever he was really funny though really charming and I, I watched the warwick davis panel and oh, yeah he's like a natural stage performer it's pretty interesting to see him in front of a crowd he was now i mean he knows how to kind of play to the crowd yeah or? and i don't know if it's just a british acting thing because pretty much every english person i've ever seen at one of those panels whether it's like uh um what's the isaacs guy that was not oscar isaacs but uh jason isaacs who was uh the dad and he was uh malfoy's dad in oh, harry potter oh, okay and okay. he's been in other things too but he was like super charming anthony daniels super charming pretty much anybody and i think it's because they actually trained them to be on stage but work was like perfect on stage at one point a little kid asked him about being in Harry Potter or playing Professor Flitwick. And he basically just went right into the lesson, the Wingardium Leviosa. And he was saying all like the lines and everything and acting it out. And he got the whole crowd to do it. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was pretty cool That's actually. Nice. Yeah. He's, he's a performer for sure. Like it's weird. I started thinking what, what would it have been like if he hadn't gotten, that part is Wicket in 1983 in Return of the Jedi when he was only 11. Like, would he, would he be an actor? Would he be selling cars? Would uh, you know? Because sure it would be a shame because like he's a natural performer. Do you get do you mean, get up there and grill him about the weird age differences in uh, Willow? <laughs> no, no, I didn't actually. Someone needs to hold him accountable. <laughs> uh, he didn't write it, and also you get paid. I don't know how old the wife oh, was. I didn't know that I was recording with a Willow apologist. Well, I got married when I was 17. <laughs> it's true, people. It's true. He was 17 when they made Willow. I don't know how much or how old the wife was, though. We'll just say around that age. There's a there's a bit of that uh, uh, Brad Williams does. He's a, he's a dwarf. And um, basically, to paraphrase, when he goes to dwarf conventions, he will not like try to meet anybody because it's impossible to tell if someone is 12 or 40 in that community that that that's his oh, bit. oh okay because the, huh. there's not a huge discrepancy in in appearance appearance yeah so he's like i could be hitting on a 12 year old and not even know it really <laughs> and she could think way. she's got a 12 year old hitting on her and not even know it what a dangerous <laughs> yeah what a dangerous life <laughs> to be led so anyway <laughs> fanix was a lot of fun How'd the panels go? Panels were great. Uh, the The Amani Python panel was, this is the first time I think they've done this, but they put a panel stage in the middle of the vendor hall. Not in the middle, but kind of at the end of it. And it, everybody was a little leery about it at first, but it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. And you're able to play off of people walking by. I was looking for a Superman <laughs> so I could yell, look, it's Bicycle Repairman. But I never did see a Superman walk by. But it was a lot of fun Thanks to do. Down. We did get a guy that walked by with like crazy frizzy hair and a beard, and we got him to go eats into the microphone. That's how the Money Python starts. Michael Palin, huh? He's like a. I guess I haven't watched a ton of. Uh, I guess Monty not. Python. I guess not. Feels like I've seen a lot of it. Again, it might have been just been that uh, 
You know, the comments in my high school, I heard a lot of it from the theater kids. Osmosis. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And then uh, that same day I had the yeah, Supernatural the panel. And that was a lot, a lot of fun. I tried to record these. Unfortunately, these aren't going to be coming out because the recordings did not come out at all. Technical difficulties. Uh, last time, I just took my recorder up on stage with me and recorded it that way. And it was okay. It wasn't great. I wanted it to be super crisp for everybody. But when I plugged it in, it didn't work right. So I didn't get any recording at all. That's a bummer. So next time, I will get them for sure. But the Supernatural panel was a lot of fun. It was, it was basically kind of focusing on the first 300 episodes. So as much as you can focus on 300 episodes, <laughs> but, and we talked a lot about the 300th episode in particular, but it was broken down into like favorite eras, favorite, uh, you know, uh, seasons, things like that, character arc, stuff like that. But it was a lot of fun and there was tons of people there. Tons of people ask questions. I think the best panel is when, uh, at the end, when you leave a lot of time for the, the crowd to come and ask questions. Because yeah. it's kind of more off the off the top of your head, and you get to play off the other panelists, and sometimes it's a little more fun. Did you? What kind of planning goes into a panel like that? So the moderator for for that panel was Lisa Mangum, and she's a she works for Shadow Mountain, the uh, book company that's located in Utah. But she did that one. There was like PowerPoints, and she had she went Whoa. and found all of these <laughs> like statistics. There wow. was how many times each character died, how many times each character said a certain swear word, how many times each character huh. you know, did this or that. It was pretty crazy that somebody went and counted all those. It was pretty nuts. That sounds fun. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, when, I, when I did the Umbrella Academy panel, panel, basically what I did is I went through and found all the questions I had about it. And then I wrote down some other stuff like, uh, for instance, one of the things that bothered me about it, and we've talked about it, is how mean they were to each other. So some of the people on the panel were writers and others did write comic books and stuff. So I was basically asking, well, why are they so mean to each other? Is it necessary for the story? Is it lazy writing? And then we would have a conversation about that, or hmm. I would have a, you know, particular things about like Banya being excluded. Is that like a message for inclusion and things like that? And then, you know, sometimes people would bring things up. I had probably 25 questions altogether. Yeah. And we might have gotten to 10 of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I had, I, since I had such a big list, if somebody brought something up in their answer to another question, I would kind of fold the, the, another question that I had into that and kind of wrap it back around and then just let that determine what questions I asked. And then I left like 25 minutes at the end for people to ask questions because there was people cosplaying as characters. There was a bunch of Klauses, a few Vanyas. Hmm. Uh, somebody actually had an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, so it, that, that's how it ended I up being fairly out. well attended then? Yeah, considering it was eight, eight o'clock. So a lot of people were leaving. It, it, up, it went up against um, the cosplay contest, which is usually pretty big. And also Dr. Hol Horrible's Sing Along, which is big every single con. So yeah, I was pretty happy with how many people showed up considering all the things going against it. And it was a really good panel. Great. That's great. There was even some uh, volunteers that got to watch the panel that hadn't watched any other. There, there's a lady that's volunteers. Her name's Tara and she's friends on Facebook with me. Super nice lady. And she said, this is the only panel I actually got to watch. So I'm glad that you did a good job with it. I was like, <laughs> okay, no pressure. <laughs> that's great. So 
you have read Dallas now. How yeah. Oh it? yeah. I did read, I did read Dallas. It's really good. It's pretty crazy. Actually, I actually, I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you. I should have brought it. Uh, sorry. I'll bring it a different time for you well, to read. You know, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Uh, what, what kind of impressions did it leave on you um, versus the TV show? It's quite a bit different, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And well, I mean, I mean uh, the first one is is uh, the uh, Apocalypse Suite is right. pretty – it's like the bones are there, but there's so much more meat in the show. The, they I would say on a lot. definitely the show has a lot more going on than the comic. Hazel and Cha-Cha were very different in the, in the comic. They were pretty – basic psychopath characters oh yeah you never actually see their face but you get the impression they're both males i didn't huh. i don't think one of one of them was female does it have roughly the same like those little puffy masks they're wearing yeah, Is that basically they, they wear them the whole time yeah okay they're they look a little bit different but they're, I mean, they're similar not to i don't think we want to spoil it considering it hasn't been part of the tv show yet do Hazel and Cha-Cha meet their conclusion in Dallas or? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, pretty quickly, actually. No kidding. Yeah. They're not, they're not huge characters in it at all. Wild. So they definitely took some liberties with them and expanded on their characters for the show. Hmm. But there, there is some stuff in Dallas. If you read it, uh, I don't know. I some make, of it could be spoilery. I make so I don't the assumption it. that it's about number five, his time hitman stuff. More or less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it, it explains why he was supposed to kill Kennedy and things like that. Yeah. And it, it has kind of a backlash. There, there are some spoiler things in it that might end up being in season two, so I don't want to spoil it for That's people fine. that aren't going to bother maybe reading talk the off, comics. Off the air a little yeah. bit about it. Off the air. So uh, I'm trying to think of, I, I was curious about this stuff. Okay, so considering where, um, where uh, the TV show ended. And, you know, it's been long enough, you know, the, if you ain't watched it yet, that's your problem. The meteor thing happens. Right. Does Dallas delve into anything that gets a little closer to where um, where the TV show ended? No, so I don't think it, so. It still feels like the TV show is really taking a huge leap oh, yeah. away from the source material? Yeah, I think so for sure. It's going to be completely different, I would say. They might pull some things in, like certain uh, facts about particular characters might show up but otherwise you know they definitely changed the story quite a bit well, and you, I mean, you, hey, see, you see some characters do things that you're like whoa did not see that coming i mean because they don't they don't actually go back in time i will say that like when it when it starts out rumors throat is still slit so she has to uh write on a, a notepad yeah for a good portion of it so well, and there's things like that in the in the comics. Uh, Vanya has a much more different experience. She's hardly in Dallas at all. Well, considering considering how it ends for her <laughs> in uh, Apocalypse Suite, I would see how she's probably yeah. not around a ton. Yeah, and Ben's not in it at all. Huh? In the second one, you never even. I don't even know if they referenced him. Crazy. To be honest with you, so it, it's oh, yeah, quite a bit like- different. Wait, is Ben is Ben the horror? Is that what is that what his code name is? The horror, the octopus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I ben, always thought he should have been the kraken, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> that may that may more. I don't even know if they refer to to uh, is it Diego? Is yeah, they call Diego the kraken. I haven't thought about the names lot. in a while. They don't, yeah, I don't know if they even call him kraken in the in the TV. I don't show. think they did because I 
I looked and looked and I didn't I didn't notice it. So I feel like they only ever reference uh, that uh, the one guy's space boy. And Pretty much, yeah. They don't really tell you much about that anyway. And they do it kind of like, I think it's Diego calling him Space Boy or something like that, just kind of be, being derogatory. So their code names, they'll use their uh, given names that their mother gave them or their numbers. Did you, did you notice that basically in the TV show, Diego does wear that striped suit too? Does he? It's like much. He has a very dark black and purple striped outfit that he's wearing in some of it. It looks cooler than the one in the the comics. Well, I mean, he's also blonde in the comics. The, too. the ones in the comics are very. St- I mean, we've talked about uh, Space Boy in the comics. Is <laughs> it's pretty difficult to translate that across to a TV show. I will say, and this isn't spoilery. Spoilery in the comics, uh, Luther uh, gets a little bummed out about things and how things worked out. And he gets fat. <laughs> like, I think I've seen some pictures of that. He's yeah. eating a lot of ice cream and cookies, and that's all he wants to do is watch TV and uh, eat his sorrows away. <laughs> so I have to assume at this point that we'll probably get a hold of Pandemonium Hotel before uh, before the next season comes out. I think it comes out in June, but I could be wrong. But I, but at the same time, like the where the TV ended is is so much different than the con- I even I almost wonder if Pandemonium Hotel is even going to include anything that comes forward from the the TV show cuz I hope it doesn't just cuz the books are so different just tell two separate stories I yeah, mean I'm fine I'm fine with that I think we need to be more nuanced as fans to be able like people freak out that's not Game of Thrones that's not in the books well guess what well, you still have the books Game of Thrones is ahead of the books on the TV right, show now right which, but it, yeah. at first people were freaking out because it was different or the Lord of the Rings people would freak out because where's Tom Bombadil you know Travis, that kind of we stuff. all wanted to see Tom Bombadil I still want to see Tom Bombadil especially <laughs> you fast forward to how they treated the Hobbit books and you're like you go back to the you know Lord of the Rings and go like okay so we couldn't do Tom Bombadil but you're willing to make three movies out of the Hobbit just just for fun cast Tom Bomba- Bombadil off of your impression when you read it when you read the book oh Dom DeLuise Dom DeLuise? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking more like uh, Dudley Moore. Oh, really? Yeah, that was that was kind of the impression I got was a Dudley Moore type. Uh, Tom, my my mental picture of Tom Dom, Tom Bombadil. It's so was hard like, to say. That's why they didn't put it in there. Dom Bombadil yeah. was uh, like a, a rotund, kind of generally pretty jolly man. <laughs> I always thought maybe maybe a little bigger than a hobbit. Yeah. For some reason, I pictured I, dark I curly hair. I barely remember Tom Bombadil. I, I know it's something that wasn't there. I remember he was super magic. Uh, he sang a lot of songs. Tom Bombadillo. <laughs> and to be fair, wasn't really that integral to the plot of the Not Lord at of the all. Rings. Not at all. But, you know. It was like, that, that's the part of the movie you'd go take take a bathroom break in, you know? Maybe you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, me, I would rather see old Dom Della Bombadil. Dom, running through the Dom forest. Della Bombadil. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Dom Bell. <laughs> That's hard to say. Dom. Then, <laughs> you know, uh, you got a bunch of, uh, bunch of outtakes with, uh, with Strider slapping them around. <laughs> you flubbed your lines again. Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's an excellent Dom, easy Dom DeLuise impression. Just, just wheeze really fast. Yeah. Just grasp for air. Yeah. 
So anyway, so you made it through that. Fanex was a lot of fun. Thanks for everybody that came to the panels. I'm actually to the point now, and this is weird to me, that uh, when I introduce myself, people clap or say, "Yeah, Travis." And it, it's weird. It's pretty cool. It's nice though. So I'm hoping those people are also listening and downloading. <laughs> And not just enjoying me every six months at the at Did the you happen to say the phrase, I'm from the Late to the Party podcast? Every right? time. Wow. Late to the Party wow. podcast. Hey, props on that. Every time. I wasn't going to be mad if you didn't, but props on that. <laughs> no, that's the perfect place to, to advertise it. Great. Well, if, if you're a new listener, uh, congratulations on seeing my bud Trav. If this is your first time listening because you only listen to 50th episodes of podcasts, Welcome. Uh, if you are someone who is making it here from the first episode, I thank you and I'm kind of <laughs> sorry. Thank you even more. <laughs> that would be a podcast on its own. Podca- we only critique 50th episodes of podcasts. And that's what we do on our podcast. That's the most meta podcast okay, of all. Okay, Travis, what's a notable 50th episode of anything? Uh, what was know. the 50th episode of Super Natty like? I don't know. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you got me again. You put me on the spot. All right. Well, any so who, did you go uh, get your picture taken with anybody at the? No, I didn't do any of that this time. Really? Yeah, I basically spent. Uh, I want to say like fifteen dollars there. <laughs> uh, nice soft pretzy. No, I, I bought some keychain Funko Pops for my two kids that didn't go because oh, okay. one had to work and the other was going to school and they're kind of. Did your it, kid go get his picture taken with anybody? Nope. Nope. Oh. He just walked around and took Easy pictures. Breezy. Yeah. Did you see anybody while out gallivanting? Mm, no. Was Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart there again? No, I didn't bump. Like, usually I, I'll bump into somebody. I've seen Alan Tudyk in the hallway. I saw, we saw, I was with you and we saw uh, Freddie Prince Jr. in the yeah. hallway. Oh, man, I usually that, see somebody. That but, 90s premiere thing that I told you about, that Twitter or that movie premiere thing. Uh-huh. Boy, I saw a really good Freddie Prince with a, like, Super sharp needle bleach tip hair. Oh, wow. Like the Darth Maul hair? <laughs> very much. Very much so, yeah. Boy, the, 90, the 90s was a precious time. It Especially sure was. Late 90s. I late 90s. I could go on, Trav, but look, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about you didn't run into anybody. No, nope, not this time. That's a I'm sure the bummer. I'm sure the fall one's going to be big. Yeah, yeah it, it does fairly well. I mean, the spring one is designed to be kind of a small, more intimate thing they've got less panel rooms which i mean kind of sucks as a panelist but i i mean i still get on three it panels. sounds like I'm, you made I'm not pretty, compla- pretty yeah well. yeah i did great so i'm not complaining but i actually kind of like the small spring ones a little bit better just because it's not so hectic the big ones uh like when they have jeff goldblum or chris evans or yeah. david Tennant, and so many people are trying to get photo ops and things like that and the photo op area is just out of control these smaller ones uh they're able to spread out a little bit more as far as like like when john cleese took pictures it was a couple times during the day and then he was gone he wasn't there on saturday he was only there friday so it wasn't quite as hectic as is that kind of stuff yeah not that i got any pictures anyway but did you see your buddy jason mimosa with the with the full shave yeah and i haven't guess seen what everybody he looks handsome enough. Well, I mean, guess what, everybody? <laughs> he was in that remake of Conan, so... Oh, was, I forgot he was in this that. This was relatively easy to see anyway. I never saw it. Did you see it? No. No, I, I, I didn't hear great things about it, so uh, I didn't... 
You know what? Maybe I should. You know, that. the original Check is not out. great either. I disagree. It's campy fun, but I think it's Conan not. the Barbarian is really good. Really? Yeah, I, I do really like that movie. Even with James Earl Jones as the bad guy? Yeah, dude, his face stretches and he turns into a snake, <laughs> and he shoots a lady with a snake. No, I, I do. It's pretty weird. I like original Conan the Barbarian. I like Conan the Destroyer, but will recognize it is a bad movie. Conan the Destroyer is the one that I got to watch as a kid because it was PG. It's, I have a lot of fun with it. It didn't have the boobs. I have, I have a very, uh, a fondness for Grace Jones. And I guess <laughs> Olivia Diabo for that. Yeah. For that matter. I like that, that movie. It's fun. It's bad. It's fun. It's bad. I much prefer Grace Jones in that than uh, A View to a Kill. I don't, I don't uh, differentiate between my Grace Jones performances. <laughs> They're all precious to me. She's so bad in A View to a Kill, and then uh, she spends an evening with Bond, James Bond. Oh. Roger Moore, James must Bond. Have, must have been. And the next thing you know, she's smitten, and she's a, she's a good guy. That's what, that's what I hear. There's the rumor about that uh, she didn't get along so well with Roger Moore, and during that bed scene she had smuggled something under the sheets with her, something that is a, some would call a toy, a rather large one, and uh, surprised Mr. Moore with it. Eggplant emoji. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> so, And again, hey, that just goes down in history with my fondness for Grace Jones. <laughs> She tried to defile Roger Moore. I'm not mad at that. She's female Carmelone. <laughs> she looks just like Carmelone. Uh, you know, I don't see it, but I see it. That's all I can see, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put I on some see. glasses then, because she's a gorgeous woman. Well, I guess Carmelone's gorgeous, a gorgeous woman, woman then. You know, now that I think <laughs> about it, you're, you're right on both counts. They are they are gorgeous humans. I mean, she's she's not super girly. She's she's a masculine-looking woman, and I'm not saying that's a bad. I think that's what sets her apart, and that's what people like about you're, her. You're asking me to look at Grace Jones in a way that I visually am incapable of doing. There were not muscular women like that in the in the '80s. She was like the first like muscular woman like there that. There was the reddest of Sonyas. She wasn't she wasn't muscular like that. She was pretty muscular, but not like Grace Jones. Grace Jones was like bodybuilder physique, you know, hmm. like like she hadn't drunk water for a week. Hmm. So you could see the definition, the striation. Feels as though I maybe need to revisit Conan the Destroyer in the upcoming. I'm not knocking her. Don't, don't get know. me wrong. I'm not. She was a trendsetter. You see, you see women like that all the time now. Women with like big biceps and. You like kind big of biceps and you cannot lie? I don't I mean, I guess not really, but that's not my thing. Okay. I don't like are we really gonna get into this? I don't know. <laughs> Travis, I am just as unsure of whether or not we're gonna get into this as you are. Here here's my preference on a woman. I like I like a, a soft woman. Is that is that a way to, to say it? I don't want Travis. It's definitely a way to say it. I don't want like <laughs> muscles or even like super skinny type thing. Those are you're, perfectly lovely women for other people. Figured woman. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I like a soft woman. A that, gorgeous, that's just my gorgeous preference. Woman. Yes, beautiful face and you know curves. That's that's just my thing. Okay, that's my thing. You know what? I'm I'm glad I got to know you that way, Travis. <laughs> say it. Don't spray it. <laughs> I know that doesn't make sense there. So you. You know, you, let's clear the air. 
you caught anything? Anything anything in the atmosphere come down to you and you got to kind of absorb it? As a matter of fact, <laughs> uh, I watched Christopher Robin. We watched that oh, as a yeah, family. Oh, we, yeah. We, we chewed the fat a bit about that last week. No, we didn't. I just barely watched it we, a couple we, days ago. We brought it up. We, in conjunction with you oh, seeing the right. Mary, Mary Poppins, we talked about that. I, I had heard that... Uh, Christopher Robin's a bit of a tearjerker. It is, but it's also fun. Yeah, it, it it's kind of teary in the middle, actually. When when you find out middle. how how far removed Christopher Robin has become, and you know how adult he has become, and doesn't look at the world like he used to. But as the movie goes on, he starts to embrace the the fun of things and realize he's got a daughter that is missing out on some of the fun he had as a kid because. You know, he wants to send her to boarding school. He wants her to study and be able to have a a good job when she grows up and, you know, be smart and stuff like that. And he's kind of reali- realizes, oh, she needs to play and have fun and be silly. So the, <laughs> the, 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 the sad part is kind of in the middle. And then the end, it's super happy. You know, like everything kind of works out. And is there a place where they find balance between the two things? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Ooh. for sure. Yeah. It, it's it's really nice it's it's a fun movie uh the the characters in it are silly but they're not over the top silly like tigger is of course but uh eeyore's like very uh dry since like is eeyore eeyore dry you know but he's funny but in a dry way he's not silly or over the top or sad sack he's a little sad sack but it's funny in a wet way is that yeah more or less you know because he spits when he talks you enjoy the performance of mr mcgregor Mr. McGregor, yeah, he was good. Yeah. For a second, I confused it with Peter Cottontail or something. I was like, Mr. <laughs> McGregor. But you're talking about Ewan McGregor. Did you see that Peter Cottontail movie? No, I didn't. Me neither. I never did see it. Uh, Brad Garrett does the voice of Eeyore. <laughs> and he was really good. And Peter Capaldi is Rabbit. Okay, that works. And he, he does really good, too. And then Jim Cummings was uh, did, did they try Pooh to cast people to sort of ape the old cartoons? Uh. Eeyore kind of did, and Jim Cummings, who did. I mean, Brad Garrett does just naturally have resting right. Eeyore voice. Right, and uh, Jim Cummings, who did, for like the, the 80s cartoons, 80s and 90s cartoons, he did Tigger and um, Pooh, and he did them both in the movie. But the other ones were, were pretty close. I mean, yeah. Peter Capaldi, you could tell it was Peter Capaldi as Rabbit. He was the most far removed, but it worked fine. Hmm. Okay. But everybody else was pretty close to like, you know, Kanga and Rue and Owl. They were pretty close to what you remember from from your childhood. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. Well, good. There's a couple other ones I watched, but I, if you want to get to one that, that you you've seen. I, I, can, I uh, concede the floor. Is that it? Okay. Uh, this was from a couple weeks ago. We never got to it, but I saw Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, that's right. You did tell me you saw that. That's another one of those where like. <laughs> I'd uh, never you know. seen that before. Cowboy Bob Briggs, it's late night at my grandma's. She it had is, cable and something like that was on. It is super weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It, it's the most 80s movie of all. <laughs> there can't possibly be any more 80s movie than that. I mean, only in the 80s can you kill people by turning them into cotton candy. Is is anyone notable in that? Christopher Titus is in it for oh my a, a few minutes. You know what is... <laughs> I will say, I think there is one more... One movie that's a little more 80s than that. Just slightly, though. Is that it Attack be, of the Killer Tomato? Yeah, you got there. I haven't seen that one either. That's, that's on the, my list. You know what? Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is an actual movie. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, it is debatable whether or not that's a movie. <laughs> a funny side note of Killer Clowns from Outer Space is 
my niece, who is like, I think she's nine, uh, started showing that movie with no uh, influence by me, by the way. This Killer happened. Clowns or Attack of the Killers? Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Is, to, isn't that movie a little on the adult side? Or am I a little, but it's not like super, it's not super bad, but okay. it is. That's... I think she just saw it and started watching it at my, at my parents' house. And then some of my other nieces and nephews were there and they're much smaller. <laughs> and apparently they were having nightmares uh. and in the middle of the night, waking up my brother going, oh, the clowns, the clowns. So, so they they're being taught well then. <laughs> I guess. Be Thomas, afraid why of clowns. do we still have clowns? I don't know. What is I honestly the, don't know. What is the use of a clown? At I mean, this point? they're great for a punching bag as far as like conversations. You can make fun of a clown. Nobody's yeah. a, nobody's ever going to say, "What about the clowns? You need to treat them like people." Nobody's ever going to say that about I mean, a clown. We have to. We do have to be careful in this day and age. They are insane. They have a posse. They, yeah. We don't. We don't need juggalos. I don't either. count them as clowns. I count them as juggalos. Yeah. They're they're I different. Mean, that is a separate thing. I'm just like, I, <clears throat> I mean, it's a gag in a lot of movies of like, oh, you got a clown. We want a Captain Laser, <laughs> but still. Man, who, like God, you, God love you, clowns out there. Who's hiring you? <laughs> uh, people for birthday parties, they still hire clowns, and I don't know who who wants to be at that birthday party. My wife had a bunch of clown stuff, and she did it for like just no as kidding? as a as a lark for some friends. Oh, you know what I mean. Okay. So she she bought like face paint and a costume, and learned how to make balloon animals. And that's when I learned that I wasn't into anything clown that's creepy. Because, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not that she tried anything, but I saw her in it, and there was no, like, You're I think I might be into something new. Trying to decide if you want to take her down to clown town. Right. I was like, okay, well, uh, this does nothing for me. Good. I'm normal in that facet of <laughs> <Okay>. life. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> It was, it was weird when I saw when I saw those women dressed as as hobbits. I was like, "Do I have a they're, they're, do I have a hairy feet thing?" Now? No, I was like, "Not only have I got a foot fetish, but it's a hairy one." No, I looked at them and I was like, "They're kind of pretty," and I was like, "But they're hobbits." <laughs> they're hobbits. I was like, "No, walk away. This can't become a thing." My wife is not going to dress up as a hobbit. <laughs> I, I want to take you home and cook potatoes. With me. <laughs> Uh, where were we? Oh yeah, Killer, Killer Clowns, Clowns from, Outer, from Outer Space. It's the most '80s movie. It's so. a very rubber movie. It's on uh, Amazon Prime if you want to. Yeah. want to watch it. I took some tours of Amazon Prime this last couple of weeks, <laughs> and maybe, maybe I'll try that one. There's Perhaps some stuff worth my time. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there that I have never seen, and it's like, like I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. It's on there. You've I need to watch it. You've never seen. I've Shawshank. never seen Shawshank. No. Trav, I'm gonna tell you. I don't think it's the answer, but when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I will generally cite The Shawshank Redemption because The Shawshank Redemption was the first movie I feel like, you know, I mean, I was a teenager when it came out. I feel like it was the first time I watched a movie and went, oh, movies can be more. Yeah, there's... And I don't even know if that's a super know what you're statement saying. anymore. But I know what like, you're saying. You know, it was a transformative moment for me. At this point... You know, the idea of what's my favorite movie. I don't know, man. I love a lot of movies. I don't love them all the same. Right. On the same day. They don't all deserve it the same. That's right. You know what I'm realizing right now is you're you're giving your heartfelt endorsement of Shawshank. I was just sitting here thinking, I guess if I was into a Hobbit, it would have to be Sam, right? Because I said I was into 
the curvier. <laughs> anyway, that was just me trying to be okay. funny. Um, you can, speaking of things, you can share the load together. Speaking of, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh boy! Like, oh like, look, boy! Man, Sam, I know what you Samwise Gamgee. Uh, I know what you meant. Their touch points of potatoes, share the load, you know, stuff like it was going to get in there. I'm yeah. sorry. And it did. And it did. Uh, speaking of something that I should have seen a long time ago, last night with my son, my oldest son, Brady, I watched The Shining. The, like OG? Yeah. How'd you Never how'd seen you it like before. It? Uh, it was all right. <laughs> Honestly, <Yeah. laughs> there was so much hype behind it. And I can see why people at the time... Like the cinematography of it was was pretty cool, and there was the I think uh, I heard it was like one of the first to use a steady cam, like when the kids uh, rolling around on the the big wheel yeah. through the hotel, like that was probably pretty uh, front and center as far as changing well, the way some things really were good filmed. Performances, in yeah. It. Jack Nicholson is really good in it. There's actually. a Scatman in it. Yeah, Scatman Carruthers. It's funny and spoiler alert. He's going on this big quest. He's Spoiler in my alert on he, that movie from I know the 70s. From, from 40 years ago. He's he's like in Miami and he gets this premonition cuz he's got he's got special powers kind of like the little kid where he can he can feel things and see things. So, he's coming back to Colorado to save the family. He gets this premonition and he goes through all like planes. It was like planes, trains and automobiles. He gets on a this little snow plow thingy and and rides all the way up there. He finally gets there. He walks in, and before he can even take his coat off, Jack Nicholson runs up and <laughs> chops him in the chest with an axe. It has been. But I called it. I was like, he's gonna die as soon as he walks in. <laughs> you know, I it has been so long since I saw. That's one of those movies of uh, I that that was the crazy thing of like I saw Shawshank. I'm like, oh, movies can be more. And I think I rushed through a bunch of movies that are considered classics without mm-hmm. regard for whether or not I was mature enough as someone watching movies to really, you know, can I watch this movie and appreciate right. it for its things? And you, know, you watch it and like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I really fully absorbed <laughs> the shinning. I've always used like references from it just because they become part uh, of pop culture. Here's you know? Johnny thing. Yeah, here's Johnny or Red Rom, Red yeah. Rom. <laughs> Uh, but you know, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall are both super great in it. Yeah, she was really good in it. But Jack Nicholson, I could see. I mean, when you watch like, I haven't seen a lot of Jack Nicholson movies to be honest with you. But I think of like Batman. That's that's the first one that comes to my mind, <laughs> yeah. obviously. But he's really more nuanced. But he actually he can go like twelve different directions with where he his personality is in the shining within the same monologue some of the greatest actors of our time we got to see in their later in life where they settled into a de niro or pacino or jack nicholson sort of pacino yeah this is this is the way now you you can go back and go oh my god you you did amazing things in like you know dog Mm -hmm. day afternoon or things like that and you know you you know Jack Nicholson's the same. Have you ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? No, never that saw it. That is a super great movie. It's a little on the you know movie homeworky side, but it's he is. <laughs> it's got a young Danny DeVito. That. It does. A young <laughs> Danny DeVito. I've been, uh, I've started watching uh, Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny. Oh, you barely you. Mm-hmm. How far into that are you? I've only watched like 
four episodes. Brady's really into it, and he's trying to get me to watch it. How do you but, like it so far? Uh, the ones I've seen are pretty funny, but I can tell there are ones that he thinks I probably am not going to like because he's like, don't watch it in order. I'll tell you which ones to watch. <laughs> you know, I, I've been watching that with Gabe off and on. Gabe struggles so hard with it because Gabe hates like kind of awkward, cringy moments. Yeah, and that's, I, that I'm is not the a bread big and fan of that show. Yeah. So the last one I saw was where they they find out that the the grandpa was a Nazi. That was the last one I saw. You might be a little past where we are. Oh really? Or, but you're skipping around. Yeah, also. I'm not watching. We're them just straight through. straight through. I will watch them straight through. And on my so own. far, I don't like Gabe and I watching. I don't think we've hit upon what I would consider to be a dud of an episode. Like they're all just pretty funny. That's the crazy thing about Seinfeld. I've been watching Seinfeld too, and every episode has something that like went mainstream into pop culture and you're like it was a phenomenon at the time it's amazing how each episode made such an impact i mean honestly because you think you think it was on for what like nine seasons and you can list off a a, a string of things from you know soup nazi or uh the contest or (laughs) yeah or not that there's anything wrong with that you know all these things but every single episode's got something like that in it it's it's wild yeah um, it's always sunny. Again, it, it's another show. Like it is, that is a show that's been on for a long time. Yeah, the episodes go by so fast, though. <laughs> yeah, they're like twenty-two minutes or and something. Even like and that. you don't have to pay the most attention in the universe. Like it, it's not a rich and deep lore. There are kind of things that are you know pop up here and there, but mm-hmm. you know. But I I do like that show. It's fun that you're watching it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go through and watch it all, legit, but for now we'll just go with it but the shining that's what we were talking about (laughs) i didn't like the ending just because it doesn't really answer anything the whole you've been here all along i've been here all along so was he a ghost because he was a person he had a kid he had family he drove up there is he does he a ghost that possesses people i I, I don't know you know stephen king hates that movie right yeah that's what i heard yeah which is weird because it's probably the most successful movie well, that it's also weird because based on his books the only one of his that he directed was maximum overdrive and it's terrible <laughs> i don't know i St- stephen king is a is a weird dude that but that, that couldn't have been out for very long when they made that movie i'm not sure I, that's one that i haven't read of his so oh really no i don't know how wildly it deviates yeah there's some weird stuff in it that i i assume uh, like there's a guy in a pig, a pig mask and another guy wearing a tuxedo and they just kind of poke their heads out and you think they've probably been doing something together, <laughs> but it's just, there's no context to it. It's just, they kind of look out of a room and then that's it. It's not addressed again. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's gotta be in the book. I would you assume need, you need to have that side movie. No, I don't. Pig not at all and, and no tuxy no i've already in. established i don't know anything about furry culture <laughs> i'm a hobbit man <laughs> you're a ho- <laughs> we, we've been talking about scat man crothers you know I'm a, I, I think of that i'm a scat man but i'm a <laughs> hobbit man um yeah you, you're gonna go back now and watch ready player one for that really weird shining see that was part. the most that was the most i knew about it to be honest besides just the pop culture stuff yeah, it's a it is a weird part of that movie. That scene, yeah, the scene with the, with the bathtub. Yeah, yeah, that's that was weird. It's in that crazy in you know in Ready Player One that crazy movie. That is a really 
It's a dark, kind of it's a dark thing to put in there. It, it sticks. I mean, it's one of the things that I, I don't think was in the book at all. And it, I oh, think really? it sticks out as like, huh. we made this thing that we, you know, that wasn't, it, it really sticks out as a, like, this is, how is this part of this movie? <laughs> I mean, it's, it was I think very it's kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, you know. It t- kind of took you out of what was going on. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But. Didn't well, feel. No. Yeah. That, 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 we're not. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Watch anything else of note that we would you might want to speak of? Uh, no. Nope. That's it. Nothing else that I can think of. Well, I, I had a read. Oh, yeah? What'd you read? I read Mike Norton's Battle Pug. Battle Pug. Wow. We we're going to talk about that, but didn't get to it. Uh. This dude, Mike Norton, I've listened to his podcast forever. He's a, he's a really talented uh, comic book artist. And some years ago, he uh, dude really loves pugs, really loves beer. You know, I've always had fun listening to his stuff. And some you know, five or so years ago, he developed an idea for his own creator-owned property and that wanted to make something that was very uniquely him. And it's the concept he came up with was Battle Pug, which is a sort of... Uh, sword and sandals conan tail <laughs> that, that features a sort of barbarian character a surly barbarian character who uh his village was raised by a giant baby white seal and in wandering through wow. the wilderness was captured by a uh a tribe of christmas elves it's almost like he just pulled things out of a hat his it, his storytelling, it's close to telling the story of Conan, of like having his village destroyed and being mm-hmm. sold into slavery and through all the slavery becomes like hard. The lamentations of the women. And in his wanderings, he ran into a giant pug that becomes his, you know, his mountain battle. <laughs> and it, it, it's actually, it's, uh, you know, I, I picked it up largely because I just think Mike Norton's cool and it sounded like a fun story. Uh, it's... It was a webcomic and uh, made a really nice collect edition called the P- Compugdium. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> reading through it, it's surprising. I mean, for, for a concept that starts out as just we want to make this gag of, you know, uh, Conan writing a pug. It's a pretty deep and, and a lot of times very heartfelt story. Hmm. There was a, Travis. I'm going to tell you, I teared up a little bit at one point. So it's almost like a, a clown with a heart of gold. We're not going to talk about clowns anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I thought it was really cool. I, You know, for, for whatever voice I may have, I like to get word out about, you know, things that maybe people haven't seen or heard of necessarily. And if you're out there, like, if you're out there and you're interested in a, you know, a, uh, something in, fun to read and that sounds cool to you, don't, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on the pug. It's a pretty big edition. It's pretty nice. And, you know, it's a fun day or two of reading. Check out the pug. Mike Norton's Battle Pug. Battle Check pug. it out. All right. So uh, kind of scratching the end here, Trav. Yeah, yeah. I think so. You want to do some magic, Mike? We've hit that point. We've I hit that point. great to do it. Who would you like to talk to? We, we, we've had some hints of a few people. I'm going to let you just throw one at me, and we'll see what happens. Uh-oh, this sounds devious. Trev. Yes, Jake. What if we talk to Tom Bombadil? <laughs> Tom Bombadil? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll do it. <laughs> sounds good. You're, 
You got some questions ready for Tom? <laughs> Good old Tom Bombadil. I don't know, Trav, do I? <laughs> we will find out. It might be a mishmash of several characters. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to do it. Strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Tom, is that you? Hello. I'm Tom Bombadillo. Tom? <laughs> oh, it's me, Tom Bombadillo. Tom, I get the I get the impression that you are just who I want you to be. <laughs> I'm a little bit of everybody. Tom, what have you been up to these days? Well, mostly I just live in the trees and I take care of the trees and protect the forest from, from bad people. Isn't that what Radagast the Brown was for? Well, yeah, he was basically just a ripoff of me. You and Radagast? You and Radagast? Oh, God, you lovable son of a bitch, Tom. You, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he had bird poop on his head. He did have bird poop on his head. Why? Tom Bombadil doesn't do that because it's icky. There, there has to be. Look, so, so Tom, Tom Bombadillo Tom, scrub with on, a Brillo. Were you brought in on any of the production of the Lord of the Rings saga? I don't know if you know this. You may may not have heard on the internet, but I was not a part of that production at all. Yeah, so were were you pushed out? Were you did you did you rub someone the wrong way? It was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. Yes. Is this a, did My Lu- dad wrong. Did the Illuminati push you out yes. of Lord of the Rings? One day uh Peter Jackson's father used to work for me and I had to let him go. Peter Jackson's father? Yeah. Who's who's Peter Jackson's father? Uh, Peter Jackson Sr.? What sort of... He he worked for me in in the Forest Service. Uh, Mr. Jackson. (laughs) One day I saw him uh, throw a Tootsie Roll wrapper on the ground. Oh, no, 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 no. And I said, even though that's technically biodegradable, I'm going to have to let you go, Peter Jackson. Are Tootsie Roll wrappers biodegradable? Sure. They're paper. I've never thought about it. Don't tell people that, though. It wasn't plastic. Spoilers. (laughs) Clean up your Tootsie Rolls, friends. <laughs> Tom, uh, what kind of work was Mr. Jackson doing for you, Dom? My head is spinning. Wow. <laughs> well, you, you did you did lay a, a mighty wheeze upon me. That's true. Could you uh, use some sort of forest magic to perhaps rejuvenate yourself? He was keeper of the acorn, the acorns. He the acorn. The air. What? No, no, acorns. Tom. He was keeper of the acorns. He would walk around with a pouch and pick Tom. up all the acorns. Are you trying to hide the truth behind the acorn? That's a secret of the forest. The famous, the famous Strider's famous brand of corn on the cob, Aragorn's air corn. That's true. Yeah, it's uh, it's king sized portions, <laughs> and they it only it comes back every six months, and then it's return of the king sized portions. Wow. Yeah, Tom Bombadillo. <laughs> Tom you, Crocodillo. Tom, you're you're really kind of a businessman here. I I do what I can. Uh, do you have any new ventures that you'd like to present while we're here today? I'm giving you the floor, Tom. Well, we just had Earth Day. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, plant a tree. You have pick a lot up of, some trash. You got a lot of fingers in Earth Day. Yeah, you know, I, I I got a green thumb, so to speak. This is this is a true statement. That's right, Mother Mother Earth and I go way what back. What kind of crops would you uh, recommend people invest in? Uh, zucchini. Uh, uh, I, I have a. I have it on good authority that yesterday Travis Tate paid as much at the grocery store for zucchini as he did for chicken. No kidding. Yeah, zucchini it's it's expensive, so plant some zucchini in your garden. Dumb. Sometimes sometimes they come back the next year. You don't even have to replant them. Tom, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Planting a garden in the next month, zooks are on my list. The zooks are on your list. Yeah. That- just like a kiss. The uh, kiss is on your list. Because your zooks are <laughs> on my list. 
when I planned out the yard. Gonna grill them tonight. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I do. I grill my zooks. It's so tasty. It's it, nice little char on there. Man, we tried for squash. Squash didn't really work out. I could tell you stories about how bad onions were for us, but t- Dom, your time is precious. I'm not going to mess with you that I way. I eat onions like they're apples. Well, our onions, boy, it didn't work out. We planted them. We thought they were big. Pulled them up. Just little teeny onions. Hmm. You failure. know what I really like? Onion failure. What? Pickles. You know my favorite pickles? What? Dillo. Oh, <laughs> slap. Tom Bombadil. Yeah. So, uh, what kind of what kind of ventures are you getting into? That have you have you spoken lately? I mean, you know, you got bad blood with the Jacksons. Have you talked to so Peter bad. lately and said like, "Hey, what if we just did a Bombadil saga?" I mean, that's kind of what I'm pushing for. I might have to go with somebody else. I might have to go find like a Guillermo del Toro to do it or somebody uh, yeah, like that. You, you I think know. he's got some bad blood with Peter Jackson now too. He kind of well, got pushed out of the the whole hobbity thing. That's rough. So I might team up with him. You know, we'll, we'll see. I, I yeah. don't know how much time you were. I don't know if you're referenced much in the Silmarillion, but I'm thinking maybe we could get ourselves a little bit of a Bombadilmarillion going. I think it's important to remember that I'm an ancient being, and I can be in any era. Tom, I want you to know, it was very hard. I was scared to do it, and just as it was coming out of my mouth, I had to summon all of my strength to get the word Bombadilmarillion out without messing it up. I can't believe you did it. I would like a little bit of appreciation Tom, from the, say it one more time. From the Dillman. The Tom Bombadil Marillion. That's a good one. That was hard, too. <laughs> like the L. The L really gets you. The L, it gets you here. It gets you right here, like the Heinz 57 commercial. Some people tell me my laugh is like Dom DeLuise, but I, the rest of me I is like nobody in particular. I because I'm scared if I say it, you're not going to do it anymore. I love to laugh. Tom, have you ever run into Burt Reynolds in your travels? Yeah, I smacked him once. You, uh, you got him. Yeah, was Tom that Bombadil. For, was that for the Deloise man? Where do you, you think just, you learned it? You just got met. You passed on an abusive relationship to the beautiful man Dom Deloise. Yeah, most bullies got bullied at one point. Tom, I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's one of my life's I thought biggest of you mistakes. Was a kind man. Just like uh, Cheryl Crow said, my greatest mistake. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm beside myself. Tom, I'm done. I'm you're actually you back. you're actually beside oh, wait, before a. I send you back, pulling you back, pulling you back. You're actually beside a mini refrigerator, but <laughs> not yourself. All right. You know what? I was already. I, I was mad. trying to be funny there too, and it bad, also bad bombed. puns. Bad puns. I'm I'm Burt Reynolds slapping you back to the Phantom Zone. Tom Bombadillo. Okay, I'm back. Tom is uh, a bit of an abuser. Oh yeah. What what did his voice sound like? Anything in particular, or was it just <laughs> uh, random? You're gonna have to listen to this episode uh, to find to, out. Yep, I'm gonna have to download it and listen. So, buddy, <laughs> we we're so now we've come to the end of the road. Uh, All the way hey man, go you got anything upcoming you'd like the people the to know about out there? Of the road. You gonna be anywhere Sorry, uh, with your boys to man one man show? Yeah, I think that's. I'm gonna start working on that. It's gonna called uh, boy to man. It's just it's just me doing all the songs. Yeah. And I'll be wearing like a white velvet suit though. It's pretty nice. Oh, I think boy. you'll enjoy it. Just I hope it breathes well. There's gonna be a lot of blue like cast into the the arena, so it looks really nice and classy. Well, where 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 would someone be able to see you doing this one man show? In well, outcome? if you want to see me make love to you when you want me to, then uh, what what you need to do is just Thank to follow. You for not pointing that finger at me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I pointed that. at Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. I didn't point at Charlie Chaplin because he looks like Hitler. And that would be weird. So I pointed at uh, yeah. <laughs> Audrey Hepburn over okay. here on the wall. That's not weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, if Follow me on uh, social media. 
at Travis Tate Funny on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I think that's it. There might be other things. I don't know. Just look. Uh, I think I'm on uh, Snapchat too. You're on. Uh, I, I've never snapped a what's chat. One for the what's what's the new one for the kids that I'm forgetting the name of right now. There's another one, Twitch. No. Oh no, I forget it. It's kind of like Vine, but it's more for the kids. Vine, the seven, TikTok. Seven, you're on the t- you're on TikTok. TikTok's a thing. Yeah, it is. TikTok's a character from Return to Oz. He certainly is. This app is about zero percent like TikTok from Return to Oz. <laughs> so you might find Fruza Balk on there. I haven't looked. Are, are people misusing it? I wouldn't say misusing it. It's. Uh, <laughs> They're yeah. figuring out how to use it in a nefarious way. As, as a 42-year-old man, Trav, I just don't think it's really for me. <laughs> mm. I can tell by the name that it's not for me. I guess maybe we, we you know, we're trying to build our presence. Maybe Unless Flavor Flav invented it. Nope. Not to my knowledge. TikTok, Flavor Flav's clock. Not to my knowledge. All uh, right. But maybe we maybe we need to get ourselves a presence on TikTok at uh, late to the party TikTok. Probably not. But I probably you know won't do that. Uh, if you're cruising TikTok and you find it's as relatively boring as I do, uh, maybe you would just maybe it's boring. You would would uh, so you're, you're like again, forty-two year old man. Do they call it TikTok because you're just watching the seconds go by? It could be forty-two year old man opens up this thing where a bunch of kids are lip syncing music. And I'm like, well, oh no, oh. not me, Ugh. not my scene. Ugh. Uh, you know, maybe you would close the TikTok app and rather go over to the podcast app. Uh, check out our podcast. Subscribe to it, rate it, tell your friends. Review. Tell us what you think of TikTok in your review. Sure, why not? Um, tell your friends about how you feel about TikTok. And while you're talking to them, say, oh, also, I know of this podcast called Late the Private Travis Date. You should check it out too. Right. Word exactly. of mouth is great. Duh. Uh, our email is later to the tater at gmail.com. We're always open to hearing from people. We're open to hearing about TikTok now, apparently. So get in there while you can. Tick us or talk us. I don't care. Either one. Uh, our music, our opening and closing, Blue Wave Theory. They did a great job. You should let them know. If you're uh, one of our Southern California listeners, I'm going to be in San Diego on the 10th and 16th of May. Arch. Nah, May. Whoa. May. Not May Arch. I couldn't remember what month it was. Wow. It'll be May 10th and 16th. I'll be in San Diego. And then I'm going to be hanging out in L.A. in between that. Maybe maybe I'll get on some shows. Who knows? And then Reno, Nevada. June that Reno energy. 14th and 15th. And then various dates throughout uh, that time. I'll be in Salt Lake doing shows with Wise Guys. Really so, excited. Which for is your, where we're at now. The, really excited the for you for your, downtown. your uh, out of Utah shows. Me too. It's great opportunities. And I'm also hoping for some good stories to come out of it. Hopefully. I'm definitely going to go to the beach and I'm going to take off my shoes, stand in the sand while I eat a carne asada burrito. That's pretty much heaven right there. Sounds good to me. I mean, if my family was there, that would be good, but they won't be. So, ah, you know, yeah, I'm just saying that because they might listen. <laughs> well, for Travis Tate's family everywhere, going to close things down. You have yeah. been listening to late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake and I'm Travis Tate and Better Tate than never.